Another day, and yes, it's a Friday, so it's got that special Friday feeling, which of course is a lot mm. like other days for the mm. lately, but still, it has a little tinge of something different, doesn't it, James? It does. I say every Friday, I still sing Aaliyah, like, it's Friday, and I'm ready to swing, pick up my girls <laughs> and hit them. Even during Corona, even during COVID-19, I'm like, I'm singing this song with that I am Aaliyah. Do you think that that will still be the case if we all go to work remotely or do a potential four-day work week? Uh, Do you think it'll be like, it's Thursday, like everyone's going to (laughs) be changing it to that Thursday feeling? Uh, It's Thursday, yeah, because I think it still fits in the song, which is really all that matters. Because like you said, right now, (laughs) every day is Blur Day, like Mm -hmm. who knows what day it is. Yeah. Uh, we really should bring uh, bring back day of the week underwear. That's something that I really think that we <laughs> could use right about now. It went out of style, but I think it's definitely should be making a comeback. We have an exciting show planned for you today. Of course, we've got Dr. Jen on a little later. We're going to talk about internet stalking, whether that's appropriate or non-appropriate. Have you ever internet stalked anybody that you were dating, James? <clears throat> no, of course not. <laughs> okay. Never. Great. So that uh-huh. is a and, lie. And you, Ellie? <laughs> Uh, no, definitely not. Yeah, uh, we're just a couple of totally normal people who don't internet who stalk never anybody. Internet stalked anyone for <clears throat> FCC, whoever's listening. Okay, moving right along. Uh, okay, Friday. Great. You know, I got some requests after the show yesterday to tell the story of me getting mugged while playing Candy Crush because I, I casually <laughs> mentioned it yesterday during uh, what year is it? Which is a game we play every once in a while here on the show. If you missed it, download that podcast because it is on there for your listening pleasure. Mm-hmm. I uh, I believe it came up because Angry Bird. We mentioned Angry Birds, right. and that was it was a it was a real golden time for mindless, free, <laughs> potentially like uh, the beginning free uh-huh. game apps on your phone. I mean, I had everything. I had really? Cut the Rope. I had Angry Birds. I had Flappy Bird. I had Pigeon Crossing. I had Stop it. I mean. I had all of them. I had words with friends. I had text twists. I didn't um, know that pigeon crossing, like that sounds. I, I don't think that's real. Oh, actually. oh I just okay. Made that up. But well, I should make that app. I mean, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, pigeon crossing. Maybe I should try that one. Because I, you know, I said, I was like, all right, when I'm done with my doctorate, I am going to give, I'm going to give myself a gaming system. And so I haven't done it yet. Because I'm a little nervous because I'm like, I, I still do other things. Like, I still like you to should keep just myself do switch. busy. So, okay. But my friend just reached out and he was he is not doing well, just mental health-wise in COVID. And he's like, well, it'd be really cool if we could play t- uh, tennis against each other on Switch. And I was like, we can play tennis against each other on Nintendo Switch? I'm in. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, so you are going to do it. Yeah. Well, I haven't yet, but it, it's just that simple, right? I mean, but I here's the thing. I feel like there's danger, Allie. With games, and we need to know about your danger with games. Like this yeah. is scary. Okay, well, mine mine wasn't as a result of did did. I mean, all right, I'll explain. So I was playing Cut the Rope, and it's it's a game where you know you're trying to get <laughs> a little piece of candy that is dangling from a rope. You're trying to get into this frog's mouth, and every level the <laughs> and the people who made this where, game made millions of dollars right they did uh-huh. yeah, and okay. where you need to cut the rope and how you need to cut the rope is all uh-huh. it's a puzzle game uh-huh. so i was living in san francisco at the time i was living in the city and i was house sitting for two cats that lived down the street <clears throat> so it was about 9 p.m sun had just gone down they lived literally two blocks away 
So I said, okay, I'm going to leave my house and I'm going to go over to their house and take care of the kitties. So because I'm in my own neighborhood, I'm not really paying attention. I'm just kind of walking down the street, which I and I usually am paying attention when I'm walking down the street at night. For some reason, I didn't even just look between the comfort of living in my own it being in my own area, it being a, a random weeknight and the addicting ways of of cut the rope i just was not paying attention and all of a sudden i looked up and three guys were in front of me like had stopped my they had st- stood in my way and i couldn't continue walking and Whoa. and i thought that i had just run into them because i wasn't paying attention so i kind of did that like oh i so i'm sorry i shouldn't be walking while i'm on my phone type of reaction right and uh-huh. then i realized that they were not trying to go around me they were trying to, uh, well, they grabbed me. They grabbed my wrists and they started what? trying to pull me. Allie Jackson. Yeah, they started trying to pull me in between two parked cars. And <gasps> oh my yeah, gosh. So I started screaming and like real loud. And then, Good. yeah, and then they got scared. People started opening their windows and saying, Are you okay? So it was all pretty immediate. And I think they got scared and they just grabbed the phone out of my hands. They ripped the phone out of my hands and then ran away. And uh, it was great because there was some uh, a girl that was in the on one of the top floors of one of the buildings. And she was like, do you need help? And I was like, yes. And she brought me up. She gave me water. She helped me call the police. And it was it was all very, very nice. And I went into a, ske- a police sketch. I mean, it was like a whole thing. Um, oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And it. Then the only thing that I mean, other than like the the you know physical bumps and bruises and the emotional trauma, the only thing they got away with was your phone. Is that right? Yeah, but then I had to start cut the rope levels all over again. So I mean, <laughs> that was the real. That's what they so really mo- robbed from me. And I've never moral 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 of the story, <laughs> exactly. right? You're like, uh, I have to start cut the rope all over again. I've not ever recovered emotionally from that trauma. When we get back, oh. UFOs. We'll talk about them. The Pentagon has some things to say or not say. We'll get to it next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Allie Johnson, James Simmons. There are a lot of things that happen because we are home and we have time to do things and to investigate. And one of those things that has been happening lately is that there has been an unusually large increase in the number of UFO sightings during COVID. Really? Yes. This is quite the interesting thing. Vox did a big, long article about this. There have been some other really interesting articles lately about how there's this big jump in UFO sightings during COVID. Now, is it related to COVID or is it related to there are more people home looking up at the skies paying attention? Right? We have run out of things to watch. So we're watching (laughs) Mother Nature, (laughs) Mother Nature's Netflix, which is the sky. And I, I don't know if you've seen any James in your lifetime or recently, but in my area, I, I have been looking up at the night sky more often. I will say that, but every time I look up there, there's some weird flying object. There is some kind of, and they're different. They're different heights. Sometimes it's like too low to be a plane Mm -hmm. or too high to be a plane. Mm. There's no contrails. It's just, it or it's too low. And it's like this silent, thing but it doesn't look like a drone and i mean i walked out yesterday and there were like three different things going on in the sky that that gave me a lot of questions but Uh 
Go, go on them. because UFOs, I, because all of them. I don't think that. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> all right, but I think that now, now would be a good time for aliens to visit if they wanted to take over Earth. I mean, if that's what we think that the the goal of a, the alien visitations would be, I you, I'm with you 100. percent I'm not entirely convinced that once the aliens get here, they're gonna want anything to do with us. You know, yeah, <laughs> I think that. Like, but eh. I think from a distance we look good. We're kind of like uh-huh. a butterface of a planet. <laughs> we, we are like a butterface. Of <laughs> you a know, planet. where you like, we're like a Monet. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> where you see us from far away, and you're like, "Ooh, look at that planet! It has water. Yeah. There's green. There's gravity. Ooh." Ooh and atmosphere. then you get there, and you're like, "Oh God, this has way too much baggage. Forget <laughs> it." Right. I'm so over this uh, planet. Well, you know, we are not the only people. And Vox is not the only agency reporting that there has been sort of an interest in UFOs and maybe an uptick in UFOs during COVID-19, but that we're actually exploring these things and there is some legitimacy behind it. So apparently, we we were told, the big, big government, big brother told us that the Pentagon disbanded their UFO hunting department, right? Like the the part of the Pentagon that was like, oh... You, we're going to explore these UFOs and see what's going on with them. We were told that that was disbanded in 2012. However, uh-huh. what reports are now saying is that it was not disbanded in 2012. And not only was it not disbanded, but now they're going to have to start telling us what they're doing every six months. Okay, okay. So now is a time for transparency, right? We're all craving uh, truth authenticity and yeah. the Pentagon has been doing this under our noses for this many years and trying like hell to lie about it. There are enough internet sleuths out there at this point and enough people who are bored out of their minds and can <laughs> research the Pentagon right. and poke hole, you know, find the holes in all of their stories and put the connect the dots and say, "Hey, you know what? Your UFO hunting team has not been disbanded. In fact, it's very active and we deserve to know. The people deserve to know. Will we completely freak out? Yes, absolutely we will. That's our style. But it doesn't mean we don't need to know. <laughs> right. And and this is listen, this is how it happened too. There's this I think lawmakers, the Senate Intelligence Committee, so uh Intelligence Committee, excuse me. Maybe are they intelligent? I, I digress. <laughs> they they said, all right, so there's this un- unidentified aerial phenomenon task force that was bought that was still showing up in like budgets. And they were like, Well, what is this program actually doing? And they were like, Well, you have to tell us what you're doing. Like you can't just keep demanding money from us and then not give reports about what's going on like other programs under the Senate Intelligence Committee or the Department of Agriculture or anything like that. So including like discovering of objects mm-hmm. and spacecraft and all and those that other military things. one. Remember that? Yeah. Like this so the military crazy. like had that video where you were like that. That is a you like I can bitch and moan about the things I'm seeing. That is 100 percent a UFO. And, you know, you there is some credence, right? When the, you're it's like an Air Force pilot who's like yep i've been flying for 25 years i have no idea what that is i've never (laughs) seen anything like that before in my life we've been chasing this thing for 10 minutes it moves like nothing i've ever seen in my life like this dude has moves in an f-14 or whatever better than like any human being ever has right and that that video was crazy because this dude was like i've never seen anything maneuver like that before (laughs) (laughs) right and you're like oh wow okay (laughs) so you know let's just start making ourselves undesirable to the aliens 
if they're really going to pick people to, you know, occupy their bodies or whatever, they're probably going to go for, I, I mean, I would, I would say they'd start with like Beyonce, like people like that. Correct. Where it's like you got, you got like the whole package there. Uh, you know, y- y- you are definitely at risk because you have, you have a lot of talents and you're very smart. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is the so nicest thing you've ever very said to me, Allie, that abductible. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm high. <laughs> I'm high on the alien abduction list. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So nice. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Oh boy. It's Friday and you are listening to Drop the Subject, which is a show on a radio station called Channel Q. In fact, we're the new Channel Q, and it is hosted by two people. They're called Allie Johnson and James Simmons. Hello. Hello. Glad glad to greet you. I feel like that's, that's something that uh, I just went to glad to greet you. It was like a Nebraska, like a farmer Western greeting, which made me think of, no lie, a rifle in the back of someone's truck, <gasps> which then Segways this is where how my brain thinks. Uh-huh. Segways perfectly into some news that, that broke yesterday that we didn't get a chance to get to. Um, but the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, announced that they are attempting to dissolve the National Rifle Association in a bombshell of an announcement. This was abs- absolutely mega crazy. So crazy, I can't even talk. Here, take a, take a little bit of listen to her announcement. Just a few minutes ago, my office filed a lawsuit against the National Rifle Association to dissolve the organization in its entirety for years of self-dealing and illegal conduct that violate New York's charities law and undermine its own mission. So this is obviously, as James said, a bombshell announcement. The fact, the idea of dissolving the NRA, which has been around for almost 150 years, it is, uh, I, I mean, an org- they call themselves a nonprofit organization, which I assume is going to be a big part of the lawsuit. <laughs> um, right. Because, you know, they're citing corruption, misspending, um, you know, all kinds of loopholes, but I don't know if they really are loopholes because it seems to be catching up with them, um, that, you know, make, makes it very clear that this is not a nonprofit organization that I'm sure they have been a for-profit organization for many years. And, uh, you know, the idea of corruption in the NRA sounds far-fetched. <gasps> no. But... Just, I, I don't... I, I, Allie, what are you talking about? Corruption in the National Rifle Association. And, and it's... Listen, let, let's be clear. There are lots of... Kaiser Permanente, as a medical organization, is a nonprofit organization that, that makes hundreds of millions of dollars a year it is what you do with that money afterwards it is how is reinvested into your organization it is how it is given to your customer base or the clients that you're serving etc and and the tax savings that then come along with that right so you have you know the the nra this lawsuit specifically names executives uh and primarily the ceo and executive vice president wayne lapierre who has been sued before his name has come up a lot of times before on this suspicion of lavish spending and this big lavish lifestyle at the the expense of the people who donate their money to the NRA to the tune of a uh, you know uh $500,000 worth of private jet fees for him and his family to go to the Bahamas this is all pre-covid um you know there's all, all these other types of things that they that you know uh, uh attorney general james from new york 
talked about in her in her uh, announcement of this. It was an hour long wow. that she just kept going and talking about the mismanagement of this money and even some, you know, kind of nepotism types of things. And he's, you know, LaPierre secured uh, a $17 million contract for himself after, you know, he stepped down as the the uh, executive chair, like all of these things that you can't do with other people's money who donate to you. And you can't do when you're running a nonprofit. Like it's, it's illegal. Well, and this has followed up swiftly by the NRA suing right back. So they are suing Letitia James, claiming that her lawsuit is politically motivated and violates their First Amendment rights. So I don't know what kind of a case Um, they have there. I would assume that almost I would assume that a lot of the NRA's actions are politically motivated. You know, you hear the NRA come up a lot when it comes to politics. And so uh, this is obviously something that they're trying to do to defend themselves. But. I do love I do love a bombshell announcement that comes out of literally nowhere because I, when the Fox <laughs> remember when the Fox knew it was like there was going to be this news breaking about uh, it was like BuzzFeed or something they were like or the Washington Post they're like we have dirt on all of these hosts it's going to be bombshell and we like everyone was waiting and it was like when is the report going to come out when is the report going to come out and then it was like uh-huh. bad but it was like everyone there's a douche and you're like I knew that already. <laughs> right you're like that uh we we knew that like oh, yeah God. so if there's like a i mean this just came out of nowhere and it was like yeah whoa letitia well, nice and it was a little it was a little bit of a uh, almost clickbaity if you will not that this was their intention but this is also the same state and same attorney general who has sued um deutsche bank to get donald trump's financial information from them because Uh he applied for a loan and was given a loan from Deutsche Bank. And there, there is some evidence that leads to the fact that he might have overstated his valuation of all of his assets by $4 billion, which amounts to like tax fraud, which amounts to lying. Right. So she sued. And so I think everyone thought this was going to be that announcement. So they're like, I'm clicking, I'm clicking, I'm clicking. Oh my God, she has it. She has Trump's taxes. (laughs) And then she's like, "Never mind. I want to disband the NRA. And And that's okay, girl. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right, we're, we're cool I'll with that. Because it. basically she's like, it is so corrupt. And this LaPierre has been running it since 1991. There's, they're beyond the point of no return. Like, we can't fix this. You just need to de-ban, de- unbanned, what is it, whatever it is, Dissolve. and start Yeah, over. I know. And and Dissolve. and if I've learned anything from Mary Trump's book, if she is not lying, uh, the, the issue with the loan and the Deutsche Bank, that was something that his father did and that he did regularly. Um, so, wow. and there were so many tax things that, the, that the dad did on a regular basis and he learned everything from his dad. So, uh, uh, not surprising when we get back more drop the subject, we are going to drop the president after this. Ooh. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. We are, gosh, how many days is it now before the election, uh, James? I think Uh-oh. a little less than 100. Uh, tell me right off the top of your head, please. No, I, I think that over the weekend, what, last weekend. 88 days. No. Yeah. No. Wait. 87 days. Oh, math. Math's hard. Yeah, 87 <laughs> okay. days. Okay. So we are close to uh-huh. the election. Let's just say that. Yes. And so that means that. People are speaking a little bit more. These would be times that debates would be going on. There would be acceptance speeches right now, which Donald Trump was saying he wants to do from the White House, which doesn't seem like that's Uh, legal. No. Joe Biden has said he will not travel to, was it Milwaukee? Milwaukee, Uh right, to accept the nomination. Um, But he did 
partake in an interview. <laughs> and oh, this was... Uh, well, it's the National uh, Association of Black Journalists, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. They of Hispanic, usually, they usually right. Have okay, a so big, it's both of them. Yeah, and they usually have a combined, like, really, really big convention, but they obviously, they can't do it in person, so they have a big virtual convention uh, uh, convention and it's it's gone really well and they have huge heavy hitters there including like presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden was someone that Errol Bennett uh, Barnett excuse me who is an awesome reporter from CBS got to interview right and the interview got a real weird because as you know Joe Biden's not perfect and and really it would be to his benefit right now to just shut the hell up but he didn't do that after they asked him about the cognitive test that the president of the United States took. Mr. Vice President, your opponent in this election, President Trump has made your mental state a campaign topic and when asked in June if you'd been tested um, for cognitive decline, you've responded that you're constantly tested in, in, in effect because you're in situations like this on the campaign trail. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. <laughs> this is just the beginning because no. there's, a, there's a lot here. Come on, man. I mean, he well, first of all, he's smiling like an idiot throughout uh -huh. the whole, whole question. I think that as he ages, he looks more and more like the Joker. Yeah, he does. And it's, it's like his teeth are like a little too white. It's one of those. Like yeah, like creepily get, he, white. This big, big grin. And you're like, ah, that grin is not good. Like you're, you look like you're ready to do something dumb. <laughs> and then. Yeah, like if you were in a candy shop, I would be probably calling somebody. Uh-huh. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? Oh, boy. Then it starts getting very, very can hairy. We, can we just, like, this, this point right here, I just have to point out, this is the National Association of Black Journalists, National Association of Hispanic Journalists. Errol Barnett is a black man, and the presumptive Democratic nominee of the United States for president of the United States just said to a black man during a live interview, what are you a junkie? Right. I, I don't, I know he doesn't mean that, but you have to understand the context. You have to know these things. If you are going, I mean, the, cause we know the guy in the office now doesn't right. And that's bad. That's problematic. So if you want to replace him, you have to know that as a 77 year old white guy, when you are looking at a black man in the face who asks you a question you don't like, and your response is, what are you a junkie? Like you have to understand how absolutely inappropriate and tone deaf that is. Doesn't start. Uh, doesn't stop there. To President Trump who brags about his tests and makes your mental state an issue for voters. Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> okay, makes a good point there. Uh -huh. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't. I, I, yep. I, yeah, yeah, that's too late. Too, for that, too Joe late, Biden. Joe. So you, you obviously don't give the guy a free pass by any stretch because he should know better. But is there something to the fact that he really does not know what he's talking about a lot of the time and he just needs to be quiet? 
he I, he does just need to be quiet. There's also a, a big portion of him that he's he's kind of known to be a little bit of a gunslinger. He just sort of like shoots yeah. off the hip and he's yeah. never been a very good orator. He also has a speech impediment and a stutter. And I sometimes feel like I wish he would t- tell people these things and be more vocal about that because everyone gives him such a hard time. You know, he stumbled a lot in that. But also, no, you can't just be like, ah, oh, come on, bud. Come on, bud. What are you talking about? I know yeah, you're trying on, to Yeah, come on, man. Me. Doesn't really get you like, very far. Like that's come on, man. I know you're trying to goad me. What are are you a junkie are, are still not the words we need from the person who's trying to run our country. Like, I, uh, I know drop. The president is getting more and more confusing by the week and by the day, but let's unpack some different things with Dr. Jen. When we come back, internet stalking your date. Is that good? Bad might surprise you. The answer we'll get to it next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's Drop the Subject. That's right. With Allie Johnson and Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner, who, of course, drops knowledge on the daily. But it's important that we get some knowledge from another doctor, Dr. Jen Mann, our licensed psychotherapist who always gives us all kinds of advice and just great conversation when it comes to mental health. This week, we're kind of delving into... The InStyle.com archives, because as you know, Dr. Jen also does, I mean, she does many things. She conducts therapy, she hosts shows, she writes books, but she also does weekly articles in InStyle for Hump Day. And one of them was catching our eye, Dr. Jen, that we wanted to cover, and it has to do with internet stalking. I always thought that stalking was a bad thing, but... In your InStyle article, somebody wrote about doing some light stalking before meeting somebody in person, <laughs> and you actually condoned right. it. Explain. 100%. Look, I think it's expected in this day and age that you're going to Google, you're going to check someone's social media. And I think that it's actually an important thing to do, especially if you don't want to waste time. And I give the example in the column of a, uh, a friend of mine who is vegan and then Googled her date and went on his social media and found out he was a hunter, which was a deal oh. breaker. So I think that there are some things that when we see, we can know philosophically, hey, this is not a match, more power to you, but let's not waste each other's time. And also you can get a sense of them. I had a, a client once who um, went on her potential date's social media and saw a picture of him in bed with two other women. Oh, and that could be a that could be a plus in some people's column. I mean, maybe uh, that's a plus for her. Yeah. yeah, but for her, she's looking for a monogamous relationship and a guy who is mature enough to keep his sexual choices to himself and keep his mouth shut to not kiss and tell, much less threesome and tell. And so for her, that was not a match. So I do think it can be very helpful in gathering information. Now, how does that conversation go, Dr. Jen, right? Like, because let's say you've been talking to someone for a while. Back in the internet dating day, I remember you having these great conversations and you're super into this person and you're like, this is really great. I can't wait to meet them. And you, oh, it's super exciting. And then none of us like ghosting, right? But then what if you go and you find out that this person, like for me, if you were a Trump supporter, that would be a deal breaker. So what if I went and found out that some guy I was super into is a Trump supporter? How do you have that conversation of like, I know we just spent three weeks talking and I thought you were really great, but you're a Trump supporter. I'm out. Or do you ghost them or what? You would be amazed at how many people are having these conversations that this is now the norm. Hey, I'm a big supporter of so-and-so. You're a big supporter of so-and-so. 
I really feel like we're not a match. I have to say it is a very common reason for mm. dates not going beyond a certain point. And, and I've been contacted by many journalists and many writers who are writing stories about this because it is such a hot topic that people are choosing to not move on, to move forward with a date based on political party affiliation. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had friends that uh, I've had a friend that I spoke to this weekend who said um, that she went on a date recently and, you know, social distance date was going great. You know, they spent like four or five hours talking and and then all of the things started coming out, all the little creepy crawlies. And then she realized that he was a big, big Trump supporter. But she did try to keep an open mind. She was like, all the other things are going so well. Why don't we try and talk this out? And then she eventually realized, oh, no, I'm, I'm never going like we're always going to have this. And it's not like then it is a deal breaker. You know, on a certain degree, everybody has Internet skeletons in their closet. Right. Do you mm -hmm. suggest to a degree that you do keep an open mind with this stuff or maybe just get very clear on what your deal breakers are before you do that search? I do think you have to keep an open mind. I mean, look, a, a perfect example is you know, my partner, Eric has a company called reputationmanagementconsultants.com. And one of the things that they do is that they handle people's online reputation because it is not uncommon for a spiteful, angry ex to write something that is mean and malicious and not even true, or for an ex-employee to write something awful or, you know, or a company to have someone who says like writes bad reviews because they're upset with someone at the company. So absolutely, you have to have an open mind and you have to keep in mind that there are a lot of vindictive people in the world who write a lot of nasty, terrible stuff. And at the same time, if there is something that philosophically you're seeing that that person is posting themselves that is so vehemently opposed to how you feel, that's a deal breaker. If it's something that, that you're not that passionate about, they're just like, wow, you know what? He really likes violent movies and I don't. Like, that's not a deal breaker. That's an interesting discussion. But there are certain things that just are going to be hardcore deal breakers for most people. I think those deal breakers are can be so interesting, but sometimes you have to dig really hard to find them. And is there sort of a place or like, uh-oh, my neuroses have caught up with me a little bit. I'm digging too hard, right? Like, is there a clue yeah, when you that you should be like, uh, yeah, like I need to stop stalking this person? If you're obsessing, if you're spending hours and hours every day, that you have to look at either you're being really obsessive or maybe you're picking up on something that is legit. And instead of stalking for 10 hours a day, maybe you need to say, you know what? My gut instinct is that something's wrong here. And that's why I keep searching and searching. And I got to listen to that gut instinct because sometimes we pick up on something unconsciously that is important and we don't even realize it consciously and we can't let go of it. So if you can't let go, it's a sign something is significant. We're talking to Dr. Jen Mann, licensed psychotherapist about stalking and how it actually could be a good thing at the beginning of a relationship. I have some questions about stalking once you're already in the relationship. We continue with Dr. Jen after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James. We're on with Dr. Jen Mann, licensed psychotherapist. We're talking about internet stalking. You've been in this practice for a long time now. How often does the internet in general come up as a problem in a relationship these days? I would say probably at some point in eight or nine out of 10 relationships. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And in some regard, but what say you've done that light stalking when you first meet somebody, you've done the safe amount of stalking, you figured out there are no deal breakers, then you start dating. How much do you recommend a couple stays and keeps tabs on one another in terms of their presence on the internet? Or is there at some point you just have to kind of walk away and not think about how they're conducting themselves online? You need to wait until you're in a committed relationship before you start monitoring and having expectations. And you also need to have had a discussion with that person. Because if you are not in a committed relationship, they can like all the bikini shots that they want. They can like all the naked, handsome studs on the beach that they want. They, they get to do what they want. And well, it's interesting information for you. It's really it's appropriate where it becomes a whole different thing is when you become a couple and you start to have expectations and you've discussed them and you both agreed on a certain code of behavior and then they violate them. Or like one friend of mine was dating someone and he claimed he was single and she did some stalking and she's a top notch stalker. twenties at the time. And like, she could stalk for a living and she discovered that he had a girlfriend that he mm. broken up with, that he had claimed he was no longer with. And there were pictures of them on vacation during the time when he was dating my friend. So I think sometimes mm. you get information that is actually important for you to have and it's out there. What What are some of these healthy boundaries that that you sort of counsel couples on in terms of their their relationship to each other online. So, you know, for instance, we I didn't follow Chris for I think the first year and a half of our relationship on Facebook. I was mm-hmm. like, we're not doing this whole thing because I'm not having you interpret every single one of my likes or me do the same thing, right? You're like, you like this guy's picture. What does that mean? Like, I didn't want any of that to distract from us because we were also long distance. So we already had enough issues to deal with at that point. But do you have some sort of things that are like, yes, you should be Facebook friends, but no, you probably shouldn't follow each other on Twitter or like, what are these things to sort of keep that a healthy part of your relationship? Cause social media is our life, right? Like we're all involved with that, but that it doesn't start to interfere with the relationship. Well, I think each couple has to figure out what their boundaries are. There are some couples that are more conservative about this stuff and there are some that are way less, but I think some of the most common ones that I see is if an ex reaches out to you direct messages you, contacts you in any way that you share that information. So it's not a secret between you and that ex-partner that they're, most couples care about who people are liking and commenting on in terms of you know half-naked shots of people who they don't know, don't have a friendship with, that kind of thing. Also kind of the level of compliments that are given to shots of people who could be potential sexual partners, depending on your sexual orientation, whoever that may be for your particular couple. I also think that 
you know, most people just kind of want to be treated respectfully when it comes to people's interaction with others and for it to be clear that this is a taken person if they're taken. My uh, wife and I got into a bit of an animated conversation recently because she was upset (laughs) that I had not listed her as one of my, quote, close friends on Instagram. Um, Will you please tell her that (laughs) I... Would not put my wife as a close friend because she's more than a close friend. And anytime she posts, I am in the post or I know exactly what the post is. Dr. Jen, go ahead. Uh, Yes. Well, I I, I (laughs) wife is elevated above a close friend that that she does have that status. You speak about her frequently. Nobody would ever question, are you a married woman or not? No one would ever say, oh, Allie must be single. Right. Talk about your wife respectfully and with enormous love and respect all the time. And that said, if it's important to her, then add her to the list. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you're right. In terms of the hierarchy of things, if she wants to be included, then include her by all means. <laughs> all right. Once I figured I was trying to explain that I didn't even know how to add close friends. And the only ones that I had were just like the first two people that showed up. So it's like the two of you. And I was like, I don't even know what's going on. So anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Jen. Awfully it's- suspicious sounding, Allie. All right. I don't know how it works, so just plead ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Jen can be found at drjenman.com. You can follow her at drjenman. Two ends on Jen, two ends on man on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, you can pick up one of her many books, Dr. Jen, and read her in style.com article uh, on internet stalking and much, much more. Dr. Jen, have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. News It or Lose It time. That's right. I've got two headlines. James has two as well. We each give each other two options. We can only news one of the two. That's why we call it News It or Lose It. James, ah, you really have had consistently good dinger bangers, clangers. You know what? Our listeners spoke up and they were like, you guys need to get your binger banger dinger clanger game together. We are over it. And I was like, (laughs) all right, all right, all right, fine. I got I'm getting it together. Uh, James, uh, Jesse, I haven't gotten around to finding a better one. So can you just put something in? Great. Uh, Here are my here are my headlines. Headline number one. Um. Bumble matches with Babe Wine to cover moving costs for pandemic breakups. I don't know the words that just came out of your mouth. Okay. All right. <laughs> Basically, a dating app and a wine company are pair are, are teaming up so that they can pay for people's breakup expenses. What? During COVID. I kind of think that's really interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna All use right. it? Um yeah, I'll news it. Yeah. Ta-da. Thank God you did, because my second story was Cracker Barrel debuting uh. their new simplified dinner menu. Okay. <laughs> so you know what? Screw Cracker Barrel. All right. Uh, here, so very good. All right. We have a very interesting story coming up from Allie. So here are mine. Allie, do you have a binger banger? Oh, you don't. Jesse's going to put in your binger banger dinger clanger, right? Yes, he is. Go, Jesse, go on, Jesse. Do something. Thank you. Uh, okay. Here we go. Your first story. You will news it or lose it. And then you can decide what's behind door number two. Story. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Ooh. Say it again. <laughs> Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Jason Momoa surprises Lisa Bonet. 
also very foxy, by restoring her old Mustang. Oh, that's so great. I think it's a visual story, so I'm going to lose it, but I'm glad that you had a chance to hear Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. And can I say foxy? Is that a bad word? I don't... No, I think foxy's good. I'm I'm fine with foxy. Yeah, Lise Bonet is like... She's like awesome. Uh, And also, yeah. Anyway. Okay. That couple. Whew. Headline number two, Allie. Fine. Then you get to get this one. Are you ready? off James. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. As if things couldn't get any worse for Ellen... This happened. Oh, I mean, how can I not? I've got to news it. Yay. Okay, I want to hear about bingo bubbling wine vineyard breakuping cost things. Okay. I just kind of realized that I don't know why you would have heard of Bumble because you'd never be on it. They have the straights and the gays on that app, right? They have yeah, everybody. It's, well, it's Bumble is the female forward app where only the woman can reach out. Yeah, would so, never, never signed up for that yeah, one. Yeah, like, <laughs> just never got like, around yeah, to that. This really would not <laughs> apply to you in any way. Um, yeah, Bumble's a dating app that is uh, female forward. Only the the female can initiate contact to avoid, you know, unwanted pics. The the woman has to reach out first. Um, but yes, it is for for the straights and and anyone in the queer community as well. But they have paired with a a company called Babe Wine. So they are teaming up to cover the moving costs of people who are stuck living with an ex during coronavirus. Brilliant. You can win a chance to have all of your moving expenses covered by them. Um, and you can just go to, I guess there's a post on the at drink babe account on Instagram. So you just go there and you can submit through them. And they've got a whole flyer and they've got this whole fake moving company called B&B Movers. So they said that they're going to help you move on. That, that is hysterical, by the way. And also brilliant. Like not only brilliant marketing, but you're also helping people who are there are a lot of people, I think, who are stuck. And they're like, we can't afford to move and we can't figure out this whole moving thing anyway because of coronavirus and whatever. And if they had someone else who's going to cough up thousands of dollars to help you get out. That's awesome. And then you have customers for life. See, this is how it works, people. Maybe I'll even go buy babe bubbly bottled wine no wine <laughs> no. in a can no i mean i'm sure you will at one point but go yeah. ahead with ellen we're running out of time and i need to know oh this is what happened to ellen as if things could not get any worse Allie, the ratings came out ah. <laughs> now i will say that it's summer and oftentimes it's reruns now the reruns are running, but they're the, some of her old in-studio shows. And they've been running sort of like some of her best ofs and like whatever, like like you do with reruns in the summers. But Ellen's reruns drew just a 1.0 live plus same-day household rating uh, the, for the week that ended July 26th. So these are, these are the Nielsen ratings, Oh, wow. Right? These are recent then. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so super recent. That's down 9% from the prior week and 29%. <laughs> From the summer before. <laughs> oh, no. So well, when people yeah. had more time to leave the house and do things, they were still watching more Ellen. Yeah. I mean, mm. right now, but she was doing like a summer version. And I will say daytime and nighttime talk shows, I don't think have been doing that well as a whole because, I mean, it's just everyone wants to be watching. Everyone's binging really intense shows right now yeah you know what i mean doing that whole netflix thing i will tell you that as we go ali ellen's talk show tied in the ratings with the steve wilkos show oh no i can't (laughs) believe that show's still on it's still on and he actually went up in the ratings and tied with ellen that's that's saying something when you are tied with the steve wilkos show 
for your summer oh, ratings. Oh, no. it just keeps piling on for Ellen. I, we are so sorry, my dear, but there is certainly much more. Drop the subject when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop subject with Ellie and James. You probably have more questions than answers in the year 2020. It is COVID-19 times, but it's 2020, and it that combination has a lot of people confused about what is safe to do, what is not safe to do. So we thought we would utilize the services of a one Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner. You know what happens when a nurse is late? People die. Well, then, let's get the party started. Nursing, nurse, nurse, nurse. We thought we would just rapid fire ask you what it what's safe to do right now. And I have a feeling you're going to be the Debbie Downer in the room. But I, <laughs> I think it's worth asking anyway as we get into the weekend. This is my role right now. Wah, wah. Jesse, insert Debbie Downer music here. Okay. I am ready for rapid fire questions to get you ready for your coronavirus weekend. Allie Johnson, <laughs> let's do it. All right. Let's start with, is it safe? Hmm, where should we start? Let's just start easy. Is it okay. safe to go to a restaurant? Only outdoors. Uh, I don't think it's still it's safe to be inside. Only outdoors. You still need to be at least six to ten feet away from each other. Please uh, only go to restaurants where the servers and the entire staff are wearing pref- uh, masks, of course, and preferably face shields. And if you are not eating, you should still wear your mask when you even when you're sitting talking with your really? friends. Really? Okay. Yep. What about disposable menus if they don't have them? Some some of them I've seen the plastic menus. I'm way less concerned. I'm yeah. I'm way less concerned about menus actually because just grab that hand sanitizer that's in your bag or your pocket or whatever. And after you touch the menu, use the hand sanitizer. You'll be okay. All right. Is it safe to go to this? Is the uh, the next biggest question people have? Is it safe to go to the dentist for a cleaning? Man, I need to go to the dentist bad. I I'm going. I'm going today. Are you? Oh my gosh. I I am middle name fuzzy teeth right now because like no matter how much I brush, I'm like these bad boys need to work. Uh, So listen, I think this really depends on where you live and who you are. So if you have an underlying health condition, I just still don't think it's it's uh, good for you to go to the dentist. If you have uncontrolled high blood pressure, diabetes, um, heart disease, asthma, things like that, you don't need to go to the dentist. Sorry, your teeth are going to have to stay fuzzy. If you are Mm. otherwise young and healthy, um, call your dentist. Ask them what they're doing. Are they wearing at least a mask and a face and a face shield? Period. End of discussion. You do not want any dentist, dental hygienist, anyone up in your grill without a f- mask and a face shield, both at all times. Okay. All right. I'll watch that, out for that. Yep. If they're doing that and you can like not wait in the lobby around a bunch of other people, I think it's okay. I don't want them to talk to me. Yep. Because when they talk to me, I'm trying to talk and then I'm spittling onto their hands and that's not a good situation for them. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think if you can wait, Wait, if you have an underlying condition, definitely don't go. What about the gym? Ooh, a lot of people are move, have moved gyms outside, which I'm a super big fan of. So we know the transmission rates are a lot lower outside. So in California, you know, you can be outside to work out. You have to wear a mask, though, um, and you have to still stay six feet apart. So if you are outside working out six feet apart uh, with a mask on when you can, you know, you can't always wear a mask um, when you're puffing and puffing. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with it. In- indoor gyms, I don't think I'm a fan of yet. Imagine running all the people you walk past who are running on the treadmill and they're like breathing Ugh. their spittle all over you. Oh, God. Yeah. I, there's nothing, though, less desirable to me than being in an outdoor spin class in a parking lot on a hot ass day. Oh, that sounds fun. Really? Yeah. In 100 degree weather? Yeah, I'm that They're doing I'm that, that guy, down though. the street from my place where they're like outdoor spin at noon. I'm like, no 
way. Get out of here. <laughs> I love that stuff. Uh, all right, let's go salon or spa, and then we'll close out with swimming pool. Ooh, salon or spa. Hmm, same thing. Uh, whoever is taking care of you needs to have their face mask on and a face shield on at all times. Um, I would not... I don't think you want someone giving you a facial or doing your eyebrows or anything that's that super close. All of the people who are listening who own salons, I'm super, super sorry. Um, yeah, it, that that's really, really tough. I don't I don't think we're there yet. If your manis and petties are sort of a different situation because you're not as close and those folks still need to be wearing face masks and face shields. Pool. Come on, pool. The pool Come on. The pool itself is fine. Uh, the here's the thing. It's the people who are around you at the pool. So if you can be at the pool by yourself or with the people that you live with in your own little area, that's great. But if you're sharing like a public pool, like absolutely not. No way. If you're at a friend's house and it's you and your wife and those two people and everyone's staying 10 feet apart at all times, I think it's okay. Uh, Okay. All right. I'm just going to go over a few things in my planner for the weekend and we'll be right back. The DTS Free Space is up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Oh, drop the subject. It's Friday. We thank you so much for listening. We really do. We love being here with you. And this is our new space. I I think earlier in the week I coined it free spacing, right? We're free spacing. Yeah, we're free spacing. And something that came in through our DMs uh, recently was that we have not, we haven't talked about her recently on the show. I know we've had some things on social media and the world is talking about Brianna Taylor for sure. Um, but we haven't really had an opportunity to really talk about what's the latest in the Brianna case. Uh, and so we thought we would take this time during the free space to do that. Yeah. And, and I think because, I mean, it's important that we continue talking about this because the protests are still going on, Mm -hmm. especially in Louisville. Uh, they have continued and there was a, a city council meeting a little earlier this week where the the acting police chief was being asked questions and some of the top police officers that have been involved in the Louisville uh, Police Department left that city council meeting. They felt they didn't need to answer any questions. They left on the advice of their lawyers. Mm-hmm. So there's still so many... Um, I mean, it, there's still so many frustrating parts to this story because it seems, I mean, when you read about Brianna Taylor's story, it's just so, you know, she absolutely did nothing wrong. She was a first responder. She was sleeping innocently in her own bed. The police battle rammed the door, came in and shot and killed her. And there, I mean, it's complete negligence on behalf of the police department, yet there is still no action being taken. But it is very good to see so many people still continuing to ask for justice for her and to continue telling her story. I know, James, you mentioned the WNBA players have been mentioning her um, nearly every interview they do. Mm-hmm. Oprah has put Brianna Taylor on the cover of her September issue of O Magazine. It marks the first time ever in or the first time in 20 years, I'm sorry, that the that that there hasn't been like a big mogul or Oprah herself featured on the front of the magazine. Yeah, which is really, really pretty significant. And, you know, there Oprah, Winfrey, LeBron James, um, I think even Michelle Obama, there are lots of people who have really spoken out and said, we we have to arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. There are some hurdles with this, though. There's some legal issues going on. So one of the things that sometimes gets left out of the story that we or that we just forget about is that at some point, her boyfriend did fire at the police. And what's unclear is that whether or not they he knew that they were police because it was a no-knock warrant. 
And so people just busted into the police just busted into their apartment without knocking. So his first response was to shoot at the people who were busting into their apartment very violently without knocking. He hit one of the cops in the leg at that moment. Brianna had gotten up and was starting was towards her hallway, like right at the hall, her bedroom hallway. And then that's when the officers completely opened fired and just like like in a movie, just like, like spray sprayed fired. The be- yeah, oh spray fired everywhere. So one of the officers has been fired, but the other two are on administrative leave. No one's been charged with murder. And, um, you know, that that's that's excessive use of force. But at the same time, they were fired upon. So there's it's difficult to know, you know, how much this abuse or how much, you know, the force was there. There's also a lot of questions about whether or not the warrant that they got for Brianna Taylor's boyfriend's arrest um, was valid. And so some one of the arguments is if the cops had known that this warrant was a fraudulent warrant, that could actually be the gateway into getting some charges against them. Right. So. Well, and that police report had nothing in it. Yeah. it had like zero had. information. Like yeah. it said, no injuries. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty phenomenal. So we will continue to say her name. We will continue to bring it up because ultimately, regardless of the situations, Brianna Taylor did not need to die, and this this was a murder, and yep. she she did not need to die, and she needs justice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, more drop the subject when we come back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, let's wrap this bitch up, as James just said. Off the wrap air. It wrap it up, bitch. This is Drop the Subject. This is Allie and this is James. And it's been an incredible week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and for bearing with us as we work out some kinks and a new new way of working around here on Drop the Subject. We love being here and we want to continue to bring you uh, uh, the, the, the radio goodness that we, well, that we know and love. Um, we love working together. We love talking to you guys. So if you ever want to interact with us, you can always do so. And we will respond. We're always checking that stuff. We'll always get back to you. If you have any questions for Dr. James about anything COVID related, or just anything, you can ask the NP at ask the NP, or you can always direct message us at DTS show on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you missed anything, all kinds of stuff that we did this week, uh, great interviews with Dr. John, Dr. Jen, um, other doctors, I'm sure. And you can download the podcast and you can get caught up on all things drop the subject um anything else to add james i I mean that that was really really well that was a great audition ali i think (laughs) i honestly i feel like you have a future in in radio like you really do like Mm -hmm. i you know we just we set this up and i'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of ali johnson i know this is the very first time you've ever really been on the air so i think i'm just super proud of you um, that you just, you knocked that out of the park. You wrapped up yeah. the show. You wrapped up the week. You told people to follow the podcast at radio.com or wherever they get their podcast. You told them uh-huh. to follow us on social media. It was really, really great. You told them to send us, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to our Venmo accounts. Like, oh, I mean, you no, did. Uh, yeah, you I did. Just, li- yeah, that was great. <laughs> if you like what you're hearing, send us a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> at Allie Johnson and James Simmons. We become televangelists all of a sudden. Okay. <laughs> The drop the subject pyramid scheme continues on Monday. We'll see you then.